we wanted to have a child. You know, I was going to be 40 soon and we had planned our wedding and I got pregnant and I miscarried. Then I got pregnant again and I miscarried. And then I went to my doctor and she said, well, you know, because you're getting older, it's, you know, but let's give it a check. So I had an ultrasound and they saw that I had fibroids, big fibroids. So we had removal surgery, pregnant again, miscarried again. You're listening to The Milk Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the milfiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. (laughs) This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, marriage, partnership, pregnancy, all that stuff. Uh, And today on the show, we have Claire Stansfield. So Claire is truly an Amazonian goddess, (laughs) like literally, I mean, she's just, she's so striking. And um, she's a mom from my son's previous elementary school. And I was so thrilled that she wanted to be on the show. And I went to her house and we had a lovely talk. And um, if you look her up, which you should, there's so many photos of her, which we're going to have some of them on our social media, but she's just so striking. And she has that elegance about her and that depth it's very like of the same ilk as Sophia Loren that's how I think of her she's very worldly she's just very but she's also very grounded like I felt totally at ease with her and she's taller than I am which is hard to come by I'm 5'11 and she's 6'1 it's just so refreshing to be around another tall woman because I grew up kind of feeling like I was a freak because I was so tall and um so, but I don't, I grew out of that. Anyway, it was a delight to chat with Claire and we talked about so many varied topics, mainly because her life has been so, such a variation of things. So I really hope you enjoy the show today. I am really proud of it. And thank you so much for listening, guys. Hi, Claire. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. You're the talk of the town. Oh, my god. Or at least of the parking lot of the school. Well, that's so nice. <laughs> that's so nice. So you are so fascinating. Thank you. And your story is so interesting. So can we just start a little bit from the very beginning, like where you're from and your upbringing and stuff? Um, I was born in uh, London, England. My mom's German and my dad is British. And then we uh, immigrated to Canada. So I much feel Canadian, although I've lived in Los Angeles now for 30 years. So, but I feel Canadian and, you know, and Trudeau is so much better than Trump that I'm really leaning towards being a Canadian at this juncture. He's so cute and he's, you know, open and everything. Yeah. Liberal minded and caring. Do you have dual citizenship? So I have a British passport, Canadian status, and then I married an American. So yeah. And what about the kids? Well, I'm working on that. And that's on my long list of things to do, like bad mom, haven't gotten your kid. Okay, wait a minute, because I just have to stop you right there. Because I walk in and Claire has a back like support on because she hurt her back. And she's like, oh, my back hurts. And I'm thinking she could have rescheduled, but she didn't. And I walk in and she's, I walk into her absolutely stunning, gorgeous home, perfection, gorgeous. And she's slicing what I'm sure are um, locally sourced organic vegetables. People are going to turn off right now. Children. They're like, this bitch is a nightmare. <laughs> but I'm just pointing out. I do not out. drink moon juice. I do. <laughs> I'm pointing it out because you were just so hard on yourself about something you hadn't done. Right. Meanwhile, you know, your two beautiful boys like are racing in and out, both doing their different things. And you're like, here's your noodles. Here's your vegetables. Like you're like on it. And that's just, you know, again, like that's why I did this podcast. Cause like, we're all just doing 
the thing, and it is. Yeah, so, oh, and just feeding your kids, that's like a whole thing, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so you're going to get them the citizenship or the, yeah. the status. Yeah, so yeah. I Which was is so just cool. saying that this morning to my husband. Because, boy, if you guys need to leave the country. Right, right, Canada's which could happen. not far. Yeah. And um, I love the easy access when you go into London, Heathrow, and you <sighs> don't have to wait. Yes. Anyway, uh, British passport, grew up in Toronto, really tall, you know, typical like as yourself like you should be a model come and do some pictures in the hair salon yeah so i wasn't very good model but it was a great way to go to paris and you know london and you know and travel around and then i did the obligatory model rock star boyfriend ridiculousness in the 80s um met and fell in love with simon le bon from duran duran so uh, I was like hated by every <laughs> teenage girl at that point <laughs> in my life. And he was great. You know, they were in the, they, they were just becoming very successful and it was a great uh, education. I mean, I barely graduated from high school and I went on tour with Duran Duran. Wow. You know, but luckily my mother would always speak German with me at home. And then my parents divorced and my father married a French Canadian woman. And so there was only French spoken. So in as much as I don't have a great education formally, it's very difficult to help my son with his algebra homework. (laughs) Um, And I'm only just learning a lot of history and stuff from helping him with his homework, which has been really great. I did have a different sort of education um, from traveling and being in that crazy world. And, you know, Simon was very well read and well educated and loved art. And so I, you know, we really had a great time for about five years traveling around with them. So that was sort of my uh, formative years. Coming of, of age. Yeah. Then, so yeah. from 17 to 21, I was with Duran Duran wow. on the road and. No big deal. Well, yeah, to, to most people now, but to the right. baby, the late baby boomers, yes. the, they're, yeah, I, I, uh, that's very, you know, there cool. were a lot of Durannies as yes. they call them. Anyway, yes. So, so then I was, uh, publicly humiliated when, uh, the newspaper printed that, uh, Le bon had dumped his fiance and traded her in for a better model, which he did. Um, <laughs> Maybe not better, but a model, a real model. So he uh, married probably the most beautiful woman in the world and broke my heart, but all for the best in hindsight, but hard for a 21 year old. I remember walking down uh, like High Street, Kensington in London. I was still living in London because I loved it. And it was a fun time during that time. And I had some great friends and all the ex-girlfriends of John Taylor from Duran Duran would became my friends and there was a lot of them. And so <laughs> we we all just, you know, partied in London. But wait a minute, did you find out from the newspaper? No, no, no. He, uh, he yeah, you. yeah, yeah. He but they were already pictures had been taken of them, <sighs> so he had to tell me. And it was on the front page of the Sun. I'll never forget. And the Sun is just like the National Enquirer of yes. the UK, that's yes. just the shittiest paper. And there was an elderly gentleman standing at the bus stop. And holding his paper up, and their front page says, Laban dumps fiance, trades her in for a better model. And there's this horrible picture of me, and this unbelievably like L magazine cover of Yasmin Laban, who still to this day is one of the most beautiful women in the world. And but hard for a 21 year old, devastating, pretty heart, publicly heartbroken. So I, I went back to Toronto with my tail between my legs and sort of went, okay, what am I going to do? And now modeling was out because after you've been replaced by a supermodel, you don't really want to. So I did enjoy actually directing and being involved behind the camera and acting. And, you know, and so I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to be a thespian. I'm going to live in New York City. And I met another model and we got a little apartment in New York and got, you know, an agency and I was going to do theater. I was going to be a thespian because I was going to be smarter than the model he replaced me with. Yes. It's going to be, oh, I want to show them. And um, no training, but I was going to really, you know, dig in and go to acting class and take it seriously. And I enjoyed it. Then the girl, the, 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 uh, the, the, girl who changed her mind, uh, who was going to share the apartment with me in New York. I got a last job in Tokyo. I met a great girl from LA there. Just the best. 
We hit it off like a house on fire. She said, on your way home, come to LA. And I'd been here a couple of times with Duran Duran, but it was like, you know, debauchery sunset at the chateau. And like, sure. I don't even remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we were in LA. Oh, anyway. So uh, she promised me, she's like, please come and spend a few days in LA. And I remember her rock and roll boyfriend picking us up at the airport. And driving over suns over Laurel Canyon, listening to like White Snakes, still <laughs> the night with the windows down and the sun, and we're on our way to the whiskey. You were in and your own music rainbow. video, yeah. oh for sure. And I was like, I like it here. And she knew everybody from Motley Crue and like you know. And I just come from that world, but I got thrown into this eighty sunset strip yes, rock. It was, fresh. and she knew everybody, yeah. and it was so fun. And I didn't want another rock star boyfriend, and I didn't, but I liked the energy. I mean, everyone loves to be, go to a concert, and, yes. you know, I still, we went last night to see Lauren Hill and oh. Dave Chappelle, and it was, like, fun, yeah. you know, and just that energy. So, I've always loved that energy. So anyway, so, New York just got put on the back burner, and I decided to move here, and uh, went to, for a couple of years, to acting class, and made some money doing commercials, and... Uh, had a a pretty good, okay career as an actor. I mean, never really anything astounding, but I ended up on Xena, the Warrior Princess, which well, initially I thought was like, oh gosh, you know, what am I doing? Turned out to be the best gift, the greatest experience. We filmed in New Zealand. I was there for a couple of years mm. on and off. Uh, Lucy Lawless, who plays Xena, uh, still a great friend of mine, a wonderful human being, like just a great group of people. I fell in love with the Maori culture. In as much as it wasn't ER or one of the shows that I wanted to be on, to, to be taken seriously, you know, in my life, all these accidents or what I thought was the B version, not the Yasmin Laban front cover of L or not the, you know, Juliana Margulies ER, yeah. for me was exactly what it was meant to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't have been happy if I was. Well, and your character. It's so interesting, Xena, especially in that era. Right. That was what, the 90s? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, thinking about women's roles and what's offered, and it's, yeah. it's gotten a little better now, but like back then, that was oh, yeah. like yeah. all these badass yeah. women, and yeah. you played this badass woman. Yeah. Well, like, they were like, like who we got to, like, Xena's beating everyone up. Let's bring somebody on who can kick her ass. Yes. And, and so they chose you. They chose me. And that's. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing to me. That's like, as you say, it's like, yeah, ER and the status of that at the time, but like, wah, wah, it's another doctor role. Like, yeah. this is amazing. And all the costumes and the, I yeah, mean. That was what was fun. My character could fly. So they would hoist <sighs> me up in a harness. And, you know, you're in New Zealand, you're looking at the most beautiful landscape and all these gorgeous Maori crew guys. <laughs> and I love all that flavor. <laughs> and, um, Anyway, yeah, my husband kind of looks a bit like a, a Maori yeah, warrior. So. Yeah, totally. Um, anyway, so, and the great thing about Xena and not ER is that the fan base is still so solid and so strong that you, they want to see you perform. So after the show was canceled, I was able to raise funds to start my new venture from doing conventions. Oh, so and I, it, you know, and there's such a rapt audience that I was able to do the plays that I thought I was going to be doing in New York. I would do the vagina monologues for, you know, 2000 Xena fans and get a rapt standing ovation. Wow. Whether I was good or not didn't matter. They just wanted to, I really honed my skill of public speaking and getting over that and being self deprecating and telling stories about my 80s Duran stuff and yeah. on the set with Lucy hoisted in the trees and they just loved it. So I gave to them and they, you know, helped me raise money to start my next venture, which um wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew from coveting, loving fashion and coveting a uniform from high school onwards, I really like to find like the perfect shoe and the perfect jean and the perfect t-shirt and then that's it. Like you're not going to see me you know, I just always have coveted a uniform. And because of that, I was always coveting the perfect t-shirt. And so I had a collection of t-shirts and 
from some of them I had from when I was in high school on the swim team and some one I had from France on tour with Duran Duran. And then another one was a vintage one. It was a kid's tee that was a long sleeve, but it was three quarter on me and I would layer them and people would always say, wow, you look so cool in that layered shirt. How'd you come up with that? And it was just me constantly coveting, like, where can I find the perfect white tee? You know, and I would go buy a boy's tee from Target or Kmart at the time, and then I would have it tailored a little bit, and I'd stretch the neck out, but I would wear a white kid's tank top under because I liked the double white because I liked the strong white because it makes you look sort of pretty at night if you're wearing a really strong white, not a, you know, when white gets too dingy. sheer, it's or, like yeah. dingy, uh-huh. exactly. You want that yeah, power. pop. So one of my friends said, Claire, why don't you make t-shirts? And I'd met this amazing woman from New York, Cheyenne, and she and I were, it was just before 9-11, and there was an article in the LA Times about Pam and Gila, who started Juicy. Okay. And they had just sold to Liz Claiborne, started a California brand, and hit the jackpot. And I called Cheyenne up. And 9-11 had just passed, I think. And we were both kind of in shock, wondering, what are we doing? I was living in a little rental in Laurel Canyon, little old hunting shack built in the 20s, but nothing grand. And you were still single, still in Mm, your 20s. No, I was now in my 30s. Okay. I was now in my 30s and dead set on going to be married by the time I'm 40 and I will have a child and put that out in the universe. So I was about 37 at the time. Oh, right, because you'd already done Xena and been lived yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah, and right. yeah. Okay. So I, um, <clears throat> I, um, excuse me, I, uh, Cheyenne came over and I said, hey, let's make a brand. Let's make t-shirts. Let's do, and so I started bringing all my t-shirts out from the closet of what I'd had forever. And I said, oh, and I wear this like white kids vintage. It's a long sleeve for kids, but on me, it comes three quarter sleeve. And it's bright white, and I wear this blue French tee that I got with the Duran Durans back in the 80s in Paris. And I layer them, and people always say, that looks so cool, like layered. How you know Layering back then was like football. Yes. You know, if you were playing flag football, yes. you'd layer your shirts. Yeah. And I went, wait a second, how come nobody's selling t-shirts that you can layer? And I remember Cheyenne and I looking at each other like, Oh shit. Like looking left and right, going, is anybody listening? Do it quick. Sure no one else. Before somebody figures it out. <laughs> and luckily nobody had. Wow. So we stumbled a lot, but we put it out there. We're gonna sell the we're gonna create a brand. We're gonna sell to Liz Claiborne and we're gonna sell it for this amount of money. And we kinda we didn't pick the juicy money because that was really crazy and they had a big brand and they were doing sweatsuits right. and blah, blah, blah. But we knew uh, somebody who'd sold their jean company, uh, Earl Jeans had sold just now. It was that time when California denim was, oh, California suddenly became oh, yeah. like the fashion center of the world because everyone was now wearing jeans at out. Yes. Jeans became not just like scruffy, get, yes. you got to dre- get dressed up, jeans. And so everyone needed something to wear with their jeans. Yes. And t-shirts were, mm, there was a couple of okay t-shirt brands, but nothing. So we got very lucky, but we worked very, very hard. And um, we sold, we, so we put it out there we, that we're going to sell to Liz Claiborne for this amount of money. And that's what we did. We <sighs> sold to Liz Claiborne for the exact amount of money that we put what? out. That is powerful. It was kind of that weird, like Jim Carrey, where he wrote himself a check yes. and then cashed it. And we referenced that at the yes. time. We went, let's do that. Now, when we finally went to market, there were other companies that were looking at us. So very random that it was Liz Clay- Claiborne. We only chose Liz Claiborne because it was the only one we knew because they the bought example. Juicy. Yes. So, and the number wasn't so random. It wasn't so huge, but it was, you know... Uh, uh, you know ambitious ambitious but we we knew we could do it yeah and that's all we thought about for a couple of years how long did it take from inception to sale two and a half years that's it mm-hmm. that's incredible mm-hmm. it's almost like i pinch me um is this really happening but you know here i am inching towards 40 and luckily I'd met my husband then and we were mad for each other. And how'd you guys meet? Uh, at the gym. No <laughs> so way. cliche, like getting ready for Xena. And well, no, what's yeah. interesting is he's in music. 
Yeah, he uh, used to uh, produce and direct uh, hip hop videos back in the day. So we sort of love still. That's why we go to concerts yeah. together all the time. And he was an editor. And and you both have that love of art and aesthetic. Yeah, you both yeah. really appreciate A lot that. in common yeah. to age and just, you know, a great guy. And yeah. So uh, he was already in my life and he was switching careers and starting to look at owning a bar and doing that, which he still does now. So um, we wanted to have a child. You know, I was going to be 40 soon and we had planned our wedding and I got pregnant and I miscarried. Then I got pregnant again and I miscarried. Mm -hmm. And then I went to my doctor and she said, well, you know, because you're getting older, it's, you know, but let's give it a check. So I had an ultrasound and they saw that I had fibroids, big fibroids. Mm -hmm. So we had the, I had a fibroid removal surgery, pregnant again, miscarried again, mm. pregnant again, miscarried again. Now, you know, CNC is exploding. We're on Oprah. We have a visa commercial. It, now we're making money. It's like, whoa, you know, I'm looking at maybe a house to buy. Like my life has yeah. changed. But, you know, I just miscarried in my partner's car downtown. Oh, you know what I mean? So this other side of my life was heartbreaking and a disaster. And just I didn't understand what was wrong. And then they went back in and they said, oh, you've got a, a heart-shaped uterus, I guess. That's a thing. I guess when we are formed, we have two and then your uterus opens up and becomes one. But some people had never totally opens and it looks like a heart instead okay so baby i could get pregnant easily but i couldn't hold on to it so it would last six weeks eight weeks sometimes 12 weeks it wasn't fun but then finally they got rid of the fibroids they got they fixed the surgery with the uterine thing and uh heart-shaped uterus was fixed and i got pregnant with lucky it's my first child, so we called him Lucky. But I always oh. like that name, anyways. I know it's sort of silly, and but I love it, and That's I think so it's too sweet. Him. I didn't obviously know the background of that, so we got lucky. And, um, and right how, during your first, during that your fifth pregnancy, right. if that yeah. you know, yeah, did you? I often have had girlfriends and guests on the show who've said that pregnancy, you know, post however many miscarriages, right. one yeah. to four. Uh, you're holding your breath. Oh, yeah. Every time I would go to the bathroom and I would look to see if there's any blood on the paper. And because that was usually the sign. Here we go. And I just, it was frightening. I mean, I literally started therapy, had a mantra to pray constantly. Like I just, and I had so afraid something was going to go wrong. Of course, yeah. And then when I had him, I had the worst postpartum. Mm. Literally, when I gave him a bath, uh, Speaks would have to sit there with us because I had this constant fear that I was just going to drown him yeah. or put him in the stab him. Mm. And I kept saying to my therapist, like, this is what I've been waiting for my entire life. Why do I want mm. to imagine myself hurting him and picturing the funeral and like just being in this sitting there rocking in the bedroom, holding him breastfeeding. I breastfed him for three years. I didn't put him down. I remember my girlfriend after six months, she's like, you know, you can put him down. Mm. I remember the first time he cried after about three months, they, I was like, what's happening? And they're like, yeah. that he's crying. It's yeah. normal. Claire. Yeah. But because I'd soothed him and held him for so long, he didn't actually ever cry yeah. because I had to fix it right yeah. away. If there's any mm, mm, struggle, yeah, you know, none of the, cry let him cry it out i mean he was suckling on my breasts for three months yeah. literally in meetings with the people at my at the yeah. office at cnc and how did I was that afraid. subside or what was the so process? i worked uh, you know i worked a lot of it out in therapy i did go on medication for about a year and a half and then just sort of weaned off of mm -hmm. that because i felt ready the company was sold so i was able to have help which was really great Somebody there who would tell me it's okay. This is normal. He's just got the hiccups. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's okay. He's got a little temperature. It's not over 102. We don't need to rush the emergency. I mean, mm -hmm. how many times I've like, oh. you know, but then <laughs> yeah, he had a fibro uh, seizure from a fever in my oh. arms. <laughs> like, so, like, so, <laughs> like, oh, ha, ha, you know, terrifying. and then the house got broken into and I went like face to face with the 
guy who broke no. in, and I've got the baby. And Wait, like, tell that story. So some drama. What, what happened? That's um, crazy. I was this actually, house? yeah, <gasps> yeah. Lucky, actually, I'd had Rocco. I had my second child, so I, so I oh had one more miscarriage, and then we had Rocco. Which actually, that's why we called him Rocco. We called him the Rock because I don't know why I knew it was fine. Interesting. I knew, he, like somehow, he just gave me a signal or the universe gave me a signal. I didn't worry about any of the tests. And now I'm 43. So you have to do all these scary tests. We're the same like, age. We're almost exactly the same age because I saw your birthday just happen. Happy yes, birthday. Thank by the you. Way. So I, you know, I had him at 43. So, yeah. you know, go for it, ladies. If you're yeah. wondering, it's not it's never too late. Yeah. And actually, I kind of like that I waited this long because yeah. now I've done everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I only really want to hang out with them. Yeah. Um, it's not like I'm missing something out there. I did right. it. Um, so uh, I have now I have Rocco and Lucky uh, sold the company, um, still working. Well, wait a minute. I need the story of coming face to face with the burglar. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so it's <laughs> a, a PTA night over at Pam Chamshiri's house, Walther, where oh we're PA God. presidents at the preschool where we all went and met. And the Lakers had won. That was the last time the Lakers won. So a while ago. And I uh, took my little Uber home. Uh, sent the babysitter home, but it was the night the Lakers won. So speaks, my husband was out yes. till very late. Yes, you know, cleaning up the bar it was a big craziness. So I'm asleep, but a rough sleep because I'd had a few rosés over at my friend's house, and I hear a smash. Which in LA you usually think earthquake, you know, because right. something smashed. Right. And I jump up, and I see a flying glass in the front door. And this big, tall man walking in, and he had taken a rock and a just a shirt by the front door and smashed the glass pane and reached around open the door. Luckily, he wasn't aggressive, and it was sort of maybe a little bit of a Robert Downey vibe where he was like out of it in the park and wandering around like anybody. Their lights were on outside, cars were in the driveway. <laughs> Robert Downey vibe. <laughs> like ah! you just, yes, yes. You know, anybody would have not broken in this house had they been in the right mind. Right. There were shoes in the front and right. the cars in the driveway and right. the lights on. Obviously, people were here. Right. But he's still standing there bleeding and I go running and I don't think he's expecting like Xena Warrior Princess's <laughs> freaking nemesis. nemesis. Because I start screaming and the hair is wild and like, but I am standing in shards of glass because the glass broke all in. And I run to the phone as I'm screaming, call 911. And I'm like, get up out of there. My stepson, uh, Mars, was here and he came running out from the other side of the house. I said, get the boys in the safe closet. Thank God the architects had told me to do a safe closet. I laughed at them when they said that. And it's really not like a Fort Knox. It's just a heavy door that you can lock that has a phone in it. So it's my closet, but I can yes. communicate from there and lock it yes. and be safe. So Mars got Lucky and Rocco into the safe closet. He got afraid, I think, of me and my crazy. That's so badass. Badass powers. <laughs> I love it. And I backed and I backed him out of the house with my screaming. What and were I you think wearing? at one point, night count on? Yeah, just a teeny little like. Uh, you know, linen little shirt. No, you know. And um, I grabbed this vintage lamp from my desk, but it wouldn't come. It was somehow just like still the cord, a, the cord was tangled. So I'm trying to use it as a weapon, but I can't quite pull it. I've dropped the phone and he backs out. And then I see my moment to just dart and join them in the closet. This is like a movie. So I run, bang on the door, and Mars lets me in. And I'm literally like, <laughs> and I remember Mars looking at me going, you're going to hyperventilate. And then both the two little boys on the floor just oh. looking at me like, this was not my shining moment as a mom. But I mean, and I picked up the phone. Thank you, architects, for making me have yes. a phone in my closet. And the 911 operator was still on the line. They didn't hang up. And he said, just breathe. Where are you? You know, uh, the police are on the way. You will not hear them because we don't want to alert the perp, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And do not. I said, we said, where are you? I said, we're in the closet. It's a safe closet. It's locked. You know, please. I don't know if he's back in the house. I don't know what's going on. He said, stay on the phone with me. And now I can realize, now I realize I've got 
like shards of glass in my feet. My feet are bleeding and the kids are like not understanding what's happening. It's out of a, like a bad scary movie. Um, And they were little. Yeah. Um, But walking still. So maybe three and six or three and five. So little. Yeah. To be, to To be in that, to be in that situation. So then we saw the flashlight. He said, the police are here. They actually have apprehended him at the bottom of the driveway, wandering around. Your husband's here. Um, Mars had called him while, before I got into the closet from the phone. He said, your husband's just arrived. Um, Thank God Mars was here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. He and I really bonded. I bet. I was never sure if he liked me or not. But after that, I was like, dude, you are We're like my this. hero. Yeah. And we got this in <laughs> yeah. common. And like, I'm not your step monster. He, he always like, you're not step monster. You're step monster. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, they said the police are here and I could see the flashlights from under the, he said, it's okay to open the door and I'm going to let you, you know, you can hang up now. So, yeah. So, so with a lot of the, so when I finally went into therapy therapy, they were like, you have a little PTSD going on. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, nothing compared to certainly a lot of things that, um, other people and you know no no sexual abuse or none of the horrible things that you know are coming out a lot lately that women go through have always been strong and nobody really fucked with me um maybe because of my height um but those were not fun and those have definitely shaped my overly cautious they call me clarity cat the kids which is sweet, but at the same time, I'm really working to to remind them constantly that I'm okay and I can take care of myself and they're okay. And it's a struggle all the time. Whenever there's a fever or whenever there's anything, I tend to overreact. I don't like it when they're on sleepovers. I don't like it when they're driving in someone else's car because I still go to that place of worst case scenario. So you could be like, hey, does Rocco want to come over and play with balloons? And I'd be like, oh, do you have a swimming pool? Yeah. And do you have any floaty things in there that they could end up under? And do you, oh, you know, a firearm? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could you cut their grapes in half? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, Claire. Claire. Yeah. <laughs> Chill. Yeah. But, you know, I just, that's, that's my deal. But so then, yeah, so I sold the company and we worked there. Shia and I worked there for a couple of years. And then I really wanted to focus on being a mom and, I felt like, you know, check the box off that, you know, career, enough money to send them to college, check, let's just be mom, PTA mom. And then I got a little antsy and in my head, I need to work or I start spinning out. Yes. So um, luck would have it at the fabulous preschool that all our boys went to and the community of moms there. I had... uh, a lot of people were like, oh, you, you know, I really like your sense of style and design. And it was, you know, instead of donating stuff at the schools, they like you to donate experiences. And so they were like, why don't you donate your services? Claire will come over to your house and rearrange your books or rearrange your, you know, redecorate your, you know, living room. I said, sure. Is anybody going to bid on that? That's so embarrassing. But sure enough, you know, um, Suzanne going, the chef. One of the fabulous moms at our school, she bid on me and I ended up redoing her bathroom at her house. And at the time that Susanna has a Luke's restaurant and AOC and the Larder and Tavern, just, just won a James Beard Award. One of those fantastic women. Maybe you yes. can get her yes. here on your show. Uh, she juggles three children and all that. And she's amazing. Anyway, so Suzanne and her partner, Carolyn Stein, who's also equally amazing mom and businesswoman, they pulled me aside at a birthday party and they said, would you be interested in designing AOC or removing it? Wait a minute. You designed the new AOC? Yeah. (gasps) That's one of my favorite restaurant spaces in all of LA. Oh, thank you. so romantic and beautiful. Well, I can't take credit for all of that because, you know, it was Orso, which was always beautiful. It had the trees. The building has good bones. Yeah, but I saw it when it was Orso. Like, you transformed that into a completely different space. Wow. Okay. So, you know, and it was 
that time when the million dollar decorators were on TV and everybody was talking about decorators. And again, people were like, what, who, who, huh? How did you pull that one off? Yeah. You know, and I just laugh because like, oh, she bid on me at the preschool. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So you said yes. Yeah. You said yes. Yeah. And so then this thing. And I was petrified because I knew the stakes were really high for them and for me. And a few times I didn't know what to do. And I remember Suzanne pulling me aside saying, Claire, forget what these ideas that we're throwing at you. What would you do if this was your restaurant? And then I knew exactly what to oh. do. Best advice. I was like, oh, Such well, I paint everything advice. sage green because I love that. Yes. Color of my house. I always go for greens and brown. Yes. And so they had this dark wood paneling in there because it had actually been another incarnation. Between Orso. Orso and, yeah. yeah. So I just stripped it all back, kept the beautiful European things, you know, and and um, did what Claire would do. And gave it a personality even and put it all my little, you know, 70s pottery and all the cabin, the wine cabinets instead and just stripped it back. And then, so then I kind of had a career because when you start with that one, there was a lot of things. People were lining up. like, oh, wait. (laughs) And so I, from my knowing that, wait, if you put this out in the universe, maybe it'll come. I thought, I don't want to work with friends. As much as that was a great experience, I want to do a corporate job. I want to be a businesswoman about this. And sure enough, uh, somebody was in an AOC, um, Emily Ford. She's Ben Ford, who's Harrison Ford's son. He's a, a wonderful chef. Okay. He has a Ford's filling station. And they were, who did this AOC? We really like it. So Suzanne called me. She said, I don't really want to share you, but they're a really nice couple. And they're opening up another Ford's filling station. And I know you wanted to work corporate. It's in the LA Live, uh, JW Marriott downtown. Maybe you'd be interested. So they met with a bunch of big decorators. And I'm just a one-man show. Like, I don't have any staff. I just wing it. And Yeah. um, So Emily and I, she took a leap of faith. And I had to pull up my bootstraps and I remember the big executives at the Marriott asking me, where are the CAD drawings? And just all of these terms that I had no idea. Kind of like when Cheyenne and I started in fashion, people would say, do you have your markers? Do you have your binding? And we were like in the car, you know, what is that? Googling it. Yeah, yeah, what is that? Google, you know, yeah. like we didn't go to fashion school. Yeah. We just, just did what we loved. Yeah. What I was coveting again, I wanted a t- the perfect T-shirt, yeah. so I made it. I wanted to make the restaurant a place that I would go like it was my house. Yeah. You um, followed the vision that was inside of you. You did what Claire would do. Yeah. You know, my taste and my style is very specific to me. It's not the best by any means, but it's very specific. And in for my style, you know, I, I try to keep it really simple. I noticed when the Mar- I got along very well with the guys from the Marriott, and they would ask me to do other areas. That was way out of sight of my wheelhouse. Like, such know. as? Well, just the lobby of the Ritz. You know, they want Kelly Worsler. They mm. want things with, you know, bejeweled, bedazzled, like <laughs> more like a throne. Let's throw some <laughs> chairs in here that look like the thrones. Like that is so not my style yeah. that I really struggled with it. And I had to make a choice. Do I hire a bunch of people? Do I start a company? Do I, do I want to do this? Mm. And... Then I started to get some weird aches and pains. And, you know, then I started to have a lot of stress again in my life. and Because of the work. And balancing being a mom and a wife. And and then, you know, getting lucky into middle school. And, you know, he has some learning things. And so getting tutors and getting him tested and just wanting to be there for them. And not come home and be in a bad mood because... The Marriott, you know, wants fuchsia satin pillow. And yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, you know, I, and so I had to just say, bow out and yeah. say, I love you guys, but I, I'm not your decorator. Yeah. And they weren't giving me huge jobs, but it were little areas. Can you fix the valet parking? Can you do the entry to the, at the Ritz? And it was fun being down there. I mean, I did the private dining room and that's where all of the, athletes that come to play at Staples, they eat there and stuff. So, you know, it still go back to my groupie days. Yes. Like, oh, there's some hot yes. basketball players <laughs> in there. <laughs> you know, so 
it was fun and there's great energy downtown at yeah. LA Live and especially when there's things going on sports and I always like that still concert sports people yes. energy oh, so fun. so fun yeah and especially when you're in the background of it oh yeah it's like being an actress again yes. you're on a team you're you know you're in the go through the kitchen yes you know and you get to walk through the you know and high five that's very vip yeah. experience yeah. yeah who's that yeah. you know um anyway so i uh decided that i was gonna take a break and then when i started to get some arthritis and then i had real you know i'm six one and i went through two pregnancies where i was up at 230 pounds and it was a lot of pounding on my body and so my hip was pretty much bone on bone so i had to have hip replacement surgery and then that was when i thought okay i'm just gonna slow it down here yeah and that was a year in fact the it's september 25th will be a year and so we were laughing my son said i said oh it's the anniversary of my new hip and lucky (laughs) says we should take it out for dinner That's cute. <laughs> so we might go to AOC and take my hip out yeah, for dinner. Perfect. So it was a pretty long recovery, although the best surgeon, if anybody out there needs a great hip surgeon, <laughs> let us know. Um, I was in the bathtub. I finally got to have a bath. Your bath is amazing, by the way. I helped myself and used it before. Not the bath, but I used the bathroom before the interview. And I just was looking. I, I have a thing for bathrooms, especially master bathrooms. I could probably live in there. And now, is that where the safe closet is? Yes, behind there? behind there, yeah. Oh, my God, it's stunning. Anyway. So, I'm so, in the bath, and I'm right. so happy because finally I can have a bath. The scar's uh, healing up, and I've given the okay, and I've got some nice new foamy soaps, and I'm foaming it up, and I'm like, huh, what's that on my breast? That feels weird. felt so, kind of like a little pistachio nut. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know my breasts are very dense and there feels like there's like a heavy big donut in there sometimes, like hard, but big. This was little. Like a pebble. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I called my OBGYN, who I'm very close to after six miscarriages and two babies and a fibroid and all the surgeries, like best, best blood. Text her, Dr. Mary Kerr, who I owe everything to. I... Text her right away, and Mary says, "Go see Doctor Funk, who was my Christy. Christy we love Funk, Christy, the Pink Lotus." So Christy got me in right away the next day. Ultrasound. I'd had a mammogram uh, a year prior. Nothing showed. And she said, "I'm a little concerned about this." And I remember my husband and I just looking at each other like, "What?" Mm. And she's like, "But it, it looks like it hasn't spread." And she goes, "Oh, oh no, it's yeah, it looks this like it's all in the nose. ultrasound." In yeah. And she said, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. It looks like it's... It's spread to uh, a node, lymph node. So, you know, you leave there. She did right away a biopsy, um, which was Those are fun. fun. Yeah. I've had two. They're horrible. Yeah. It feels like a saw. Yeah. So then I'm driving home going, you know, are you kidding? So, you know, just spent a lot of time in my safe closet because I didn't want the kids to see me crying. And Mary, my doctor, just on the phone with me the entire time. So then the test results come back. It was cancer. But good news was it was the uh, uh, the most common garden variety one, the most curable and not, well, most treatable. And then hopefully in, after five years cured, because uh, it was just in the uh, the most common one and not, and it was receptive, hormone receptive. And negative to all the tests and not BRCA gene and all that stuff. So Christy went, sent me for an MRI, which is not fun having a breast MRI. Like they slide you in the tube I haven't had on your stomach yeah. and your boobs hang oh. down into this thing. And, but it showed it hadn't spread anywhere else. So with this get, we're going to just get it out. We're going to have a lumpectomy. Let's get it out. Um, so they, Got it all out, clean margins. It they took out eight nodes. It had only spread to two. Then, but before the surgery, this is important. Why I want to say this to all the moms out there. Christy said, "Just go have a mammogram really quick." So we have pictures of it from all angles. We have the MRI. We've got the ultrasound. We've got the biopsy. We've got everything. I want to just have pictures. So I go to Tower um, on Roxbury, and they 
and I'm distraught because I've had three days of hell. And, and you're still recovering from your hip surgery. Yeah. <laughs> all in the midst of this. <laughs> it's a week before Thanksgiving, Ugh. and I'm hosting 14 people. Of course you are. And um, so, so I go for my mammogram, and I start crying, and she's mashing my breasts, which have been now, you know, two biopsies, and they hurt like hell, and there's Band-Aids on there. And she's like, let me get the doctor. I, you know, why are you crying? And so the doctor comes and she goes, why are you crying? There's nothing there. It did not show up in my mammogram, even three days before my surgery. So, ladies, if you have dense breasts, a mammogram is not going to work. Did not show up. She said, I can see there's some redness on the outside. And that was from the biopsy, but they couldn't find this little two centimeter mass or see it in the two nodes. I mean, I have very dense breasts and I just had my first mammogram and they said, you're going to have to get a mammogram and an ultrasound every single year. I said, fine. And Christy says mammogram then six months later, not every year. Interesting. Certainly. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, um, it's hormone receptive, 98% hormone receptive. So she just said, vegan, vegan, vegan. Like you do not want to feed this any hormones and I'm on. So good news. They have a, it's called a mama print. So they're able to take your cancer cells off to a lab, wait a couple of weeks. And so the mama print came back extremely low risk. So I didn't have to have any chemo, which was great. I did six weeks of radiation, you know, what was with, that like? Well, it was odd because I would drop the kids off at school used to do like 35 sessions, go to the Beverly Hills Cancer Center, lie down on this table, and they radiate your breast for about three minutes. So it's really quick, in and out of there. I became friends with the Valley Parkers, with the girls at the front, and the people who were there during that time, you kind of get become friends. At first, I noticed this odd smell, and I thought, why do I know that smell? And it was because it smells like when you go to the tanning salon. Because you're burning your skin. You're burning your skin. <laughs> like, like, oh, I know that smell that's from charred from skin. You've a son. When I used to do this to myself and pay for it, <laughs> like, oh, wow, yeah. You know, you got to have some humor in yeah. there. <laughs> but you know, one out of seven, and so I'll be your one out of wow. your seven friends. I tell that to all my girlfriends. I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, you know, um, one out of seven women. Wow. But because, as I said, it was the most um, treatable, the most common. And you caught They've it. They've researched. Early. I caught it. It hadn't, they took out eight nodes. It had only gone to two. I have, I just had my first almost year because it's coming up on Thanksgiving and everything's clear. So I have four more years to go. I'm on a hormone blocker. Not fun. I'm vegan. Also not so fun. Although, if there's ever time to be vegan now with all of these oh, so laboratory, yeah. you know, plant based. Well, you're the one that turned me on to oat milk. Oat milk is the best. Oh I like it better. Oh my God, it's so good. But only Oatly, that one company. Only the Oatly, Oatly that you get from Italy. Isn't that where you get yes. it? Yes. Well, yeah. no, I uh, get it in yeah, Whole Foods. They have it. But I started to, ordering it online. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So Oatly and then Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger and- yeah. You know, I eat a lot of potatoes. It's funny because you eat soy, though. Is so well. There is an article which we could actually put a link up on your site uh, that Christy Funk, Doctor Funk, the breast uh, surgeon, one of the best, and she just posted something about how soy is actually very good, but only a certain type, and so you have to really look at the read the ingredients. Yeah. Which is very hard when you're older and you can't read. And you <laughs> read. forgot your glasses in yes. the car. <laughs> like tell your kid, oh, can you read this? Oh, God. Like, <laughs> and they can read it from 50 feet behind yeah. you. Yeah. So I'm going to stay vegan because I drink cat pee if they told me because yeah. I really want, you know, to be here for my kids. And so, you know, a lot of like, oh, fuck, the worst is going to happen has happened. Yeah. But I've gotten through it. Wait, worse could have happened. The yeah. guy who broke in could have been aggressive. Yeah. You know, I would do all those miscarriages again to have those two boys because they're the greatest thing. Love them so much. My husband and I truly bonded over every one of those. And this t- one timing, we were drifting apart. We weren't so close. But when someone tells you you have cancer, 
all of a sudden I wanted to rest my head on his shoulder. I hadn't rested my head on his shoulder in bed, kid you not, uh, for a couple of years. We were just like ships passing in the night, you know, the obligatory, oh, we better have sex or else we're going to feel like assholes. But we don't do that. But like at 11 o'clock in the morning before the housekeeper comes, just drop the kids off. Oh, shit. I got to be at Pilates. Can you make it quick? <laughs> like this, this was like real intimacy again. Yeah. No sex, but intimacy again. I wanted to kiss him. I wanted him to just hold me. I wanted to put my head on his shoulder. And I remembered, wow, I love this guy. He was there on the floor when I had my fibroids removed. He was there for all those miscarriages carrying me. He was, you know, he's my guy. Yeah. And so good stuff came out of this. Mm. I slowed down. I quit working. I mean, now I'm itching to do something else, of course, because yeah. it's been a that's year and that's where, yeah. and I just want to yeah. do something. So I've signed up for some stuff at the school, and I'm just going to show up and see what comes my way. I'm just going to show up, hands open, ready to give. Yeah. You know, Oprah Winfrey, I know it's cliche. She said, if your hands are open to give, they're open to receive. Yeah. And I really have learned from working or consulting for people, you know, after CNC, people were like, oh, I want to start a thing. Can I come over to your house and pick your brain? And I would always notice when people are very tight, hands closed, you know, and even decorators, you yeah. know, people would say, oh, do you know where to get this? Or do you know where to get that? And I'd be like, oh, sure. I got this pillow guy and yeah. down in there and Vernon and I got this guy here. And yeah. it was never... Maybe because I didn't need to be and I didn't need to hold it so close yeah. and be so secretive and this is mine and God yeah. forbid anybody take it. Um, I was open to give, but every time I found myself open to give, something has come back. Yeah. And, you know, Christy's book was coming out, so I hosted a book release party for her. I was able to share. I'm able to tell. Maybe I can save somebody's life, even who's listening to this. Yes, yes. Don't trust your mammogram lubricate your boobs yeah when you i couldn't find it like when i went to show my husband after i'd found it in the bath yeah. when i was dry i was pushing and prodding i couldn't find it again i literally had to go inside and get some oil and lotion and lube it up and then there it was we found it wow so the best is to just really get to know your breasts with cream or with shower gel and know so that if ever anything comes and you catch it and everybody showers every day. Yeah. Why not just yeah. just cruise around there yeah. a little bit under your armpit, <laughs> yeah. on your chest, the yeah. top of your chest, and do a little rubby rub yeah. with something luby. Yeah. Um, that way you catch it early. It's yeah. not it's not a death sentence. Yeah. And one in seven. So my job is to spread that word. Yes, and to make sure that people stay ahead of that because yeah. it's shitty and i think our generation really we got all those toxic chemicals and those carpet cleaners and paint i know and i think so too ad additives and ugh, you know i know my parents didn't they grew up in europe everything came in paper not in plastic and right. they you know i think we you know it's luckily changed with our kids you know yes oh and i was raised on mcdonald's yeah Literally, I had Coca Cola every day. Like I, and I sometimes feel bad that my son—he's a very picky eater. But when I look at how he eats in comparison to how I used to eat, and the quote junk food he eats compared to what I used to eat, yeah. it's like, yeah, you know. So it's you know, it's I used to be a big meat eater. I can see how hormones would feed something. I I'm not, you know, like oh, you have to. I'm not snobby about it. Yeah. I'm doing it for me because yeah. that's, as I said, if someone said bring cat pee, I'd do it. Yeah. So she said, be a vegan, a doctor. Yeah. Okay. And she's not making any money off of it. No. So it's not, you know, the typical doctor. Oh, you need to be on this and this. Now I am on this hormone blocker and some people choose not to do that. But it, uh, again, lowers my chances of it recurring by another 3% by being on it. So. Yeah. Uh, Take it. For Great. Rocco, yeah. yeah, I'll do it. And what are the effects of that? Are there any side Your effects? Bone or? density can lessen your uh, symptoms that you get menopause, which is a bitch. Mm. Like I've been in menopause now for like three years and it's no fun. And this heightens those. So <sighs> I can get really bitchy and sweaty. And But it's all stuff that I can, you just live, you just, just power through it. Yeah. Well, because we you know that the greater reason of why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I want kids. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want 
you know, I want to live in New York like I never did with that yeah. model. I want one of my kids to maybe go to a school on the East Coast and I can rent an apartment and do their laundry and they can take yes. them to the theater. And I have so many things that I want to do that involve them growing up without being overbearing. <laughs> like, oh God, he's, he's 35 and he's going to eat a steak. Maybe he'll choke. Like, no. Can you cut your meat smaller? Smaller bites, little bites. You'll have to have a 60 block. <laughs> like if he's in the village, you'll have to be on the Upper West Side or something. Little bites. Or Midtown. <laughs> Mom, don't come past Midtown yeah, without yeah. calling me first. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Anyway. Wow. So, yeah, and so you're drinking green tea. I'm saying. drinking green tea, which Christy Funk also says, three cups of green tea a day can lessen your chance of getting breast cancer. Or from it recurring by 30 to 40%. Wow. It's that powerful. And fruit and berries. So green tea, green tea, green tea. I get decaf green tea because I don't like to get too wired. Okay, thank you because I can't take yeah. regular green tea. Yeah. It makes me, it's way worse than an espresso or yeah. any kind of I get caffeine. a decaf one that has okay. lemon because she said the lemon also is uh, great. I mean, they've done all these studies in China and women who do, that's part of staple of their diet. And before they were introduced to our Western way, there was no breast cancer. There's wow. some some villages or places in China they've done studies. doesn't exist at all. So there's got to be something to this. So, yeah. and I kind of like it. I make a pot. I make a whole little, like a nice little tray. And I bought this cool Japanese teapot and I make it in the morning and I'll have my little cup. And then in the afternoon, I'll have another one. And then... I'll pour the rest in a big jug with ice water and ice and I'll sip it. And if there's anything left, a little bits in the at night, I'll just throw that back before. Yeah. And that, yeah, I think if you make a pot of it and it looks pretty, yeah. then you're more apt to do it. As something aesthetically yeah. Pull, yeah. pulls you to yeah. it. It's like making a martini. If you want, <sighs> you want a nice glass, nobody's drinking a martini out of a... Like an orange, one of those red cups. Yeah, solo cup. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Here, have a martini. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm so excited that we got to do this. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Um, you. We've now come to the time of the show when I ask every guest three questions and then a round of lightning questions. Oh, is that like the Bernard Pivot? questionnaire <laughs> that always bothered well, me when his he was so pretentious when he would say that oh. my favorite ever answer and i have to share this was yes. when he asked sean penn when you get to the pearly gates <laughs> what are you um expecting you know god to say or whatever what are you hoping and sean penn says oh here's an eight ball and a bunch of hookers have a good time i was like <laughs> you true. are awesome that is great <laughs> that is so great <laughs> Everyone's everyone else is like, oh, I hope it's my dog. Your dog is here and your yeah. grandma's here and come yeah. on in. No more worries. John yeah. Penn. That's and an eight great. ball and a couple of hookers. That's so great. <laughs> and honest. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be as honest as he is. Okay. <laughs> well, these aren't nearly as heady as those. Okay. Uh, these are very silly and very milfy. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about Claire when you hear the word milf? Mother, I'd like to fuck. Okay. Anything else? I think of some of the mothers out there that I think are very pretty, the Heidi Klums. Mm. I think, oh, who is a MILF? Like, yeah. who do? And she's one. You are. Oh, you're very sweet. <laughs> you are. Sweet. You're on the MILF show. I mean, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. But it's mothers I'd like to follow. Yeah. Yes. But it's both. It's both. It's really both. Okay. <laughs> What's something that you've changed your mind about recently? Our relationship has always been very, very difficult. And I've just chosen to let them take a high road and be at peace. Yeah. And not be angry and not be um, judgmental, not be stuck in the middle of the two of You've them. You've chosen to take I've the high chosen. road. Yeah. Whatever shenanigans or madness or anything that's going on with them, I'm just taking the high road. Yeah. Because it's, I don't need the stress. So yeah. I've just changed, literally changed my mind. I, my mom, my dad, people that aren't in my immediate family, I've really changed my mind about how their behavior affects me. Mm, that's liberating. Yeah. How do you define success? Doing something you love. Like, 
you, I really loved making t-shirts. I really loved, it was hard. But if you can find something that is truly unique to you, then you're not afraid because there's nobody else like you who can, who's going to, they can copy you or knock you off, but they, it's never, you know, if, if you can truly find or covet what it is deep down that you, it makes you unique or what you love, then nobody else can do that. And if you then can be brave enough to do it and then fight through those walls, Cheyenne and I, at my partner at CNC, we used to call them the hold me moments where you're like, how can this be so fucking hard? And you, that's where people quit. That's when people stop. If you can make it past those and still stay true to yourself. And that is, then you're like, whoa. Like when I, when I would cry driving home from AOC, not knowing what the hell I was doing. I'm like, how can I be doing like the number one restaurant in Los Angeles? And I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing. And I was driving home crying. And then I broke through. Or I asked the universe to help me. I'm driving down La Brea. I don't know what color to paint the bar. I don't know what color to paint the bar. I'm sitting there like, help. And I look over and there's one of those cheesy uh, antique shops that imports Chinese stuff. And they had one of those Chinese lacquered, it's that burnt orangey red. Yeah. And it was right out on the street in La Brea. And I went, that's That's the color? I'm going to go in there. I'm going to paint it Chinese lacquer orangey dark burnt orange. And I remember the contractor, they thought I was an idiot. (laughs) I didn't know. Where are the CAD drawings? Where are the thing? Where's this? Yeah. So I went to the paint store and I got samples and I'm having this grumpy old painter put them up and they're like, this looks like shit. Literally, this color looks like shit. <laughs> and I'm standing there going, and they're talking down to me like I'm an idiot. They, I'm not a million dollar decorator. I want to cry, mm. but I got to trust the universe that that color was meant to be. And I said, and put a high gloss lacquer on top of that one and that orange one and just do it. And the girls are going to be here in two hours. Just do it. And they were snickering. I can hear them laughing, rolling their eyes. Like they're going to, she's going to try another color. She doesn't know what she's doing. Like where'd they find her? Oh, I hear she's a friend of theirs from school. Like typical, like grumpy painter guy. Yeah. I really like this girls. I've met them in the parking lot. I was like, I got to tell you, this is a bold choice, but I think it's going to work. And I think it's one of the nicest things there. Yeah. And again, it was, there it was, I was sitting at the stoplight going, I love that. Oh my God, that's the color. In your moment of despair about despair. it. And panic. Help. Universe, help. Yeah. Because you were open to it. Yes. Hands were open. Hands help. were open. Not I know everything. Yeah. Let's paint it, you know, this and that trendy, what's in. Yes. I was like, no, no, no. What's classic? Like, what would Axel Vervoort or one of those? To me, AOC is like something you'd stumble on in Saint Paul de Vence or yes, somewhere in, totally. in, in France, totally. where it's traditional. Yes, and those Chinese lacquered little yes. chests of drawers are classic yes. color and have a richness. Yeah, that's such a great story. Okay, we're going to go to our lightning round. Okay, ocean or desert? Ocean. Favorite junk food? French fries with too. mayonnaise. With mayonnaise. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Movies or a Broadway show? Broadway show, but not musical. Okay. Daytime sex or nighttime sex? Oh, it depends if there's alcohol involved. <laughs> <laughs> if there's alcohol involved, nighttime, and then it gets real freaky. But daytime is so much more convenient with children. And then there's no, right. Yeah. Right. Texting or talking? Now I have to say texting. Cat person or dog person? Oh, dog. I'm allergic to cats. Me too. Yeah, As yeah. your sweet little pooch is sweet. doggy. So sweet. Sweetness. Have you ever worn a unitard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For many reasons. One, because it was in and I wore a belt on around the waist and, you know, like yeah. a big Me too. conk, whatever those yes. stupid studded belts yes. with my little Peter Pan boots. All that is back in, by the way. Yes, of course. Like my high-waisted Levi's and my bodysuit. Oh, that's yeah. what Kylie Jenner's wearing. Yeah. Kendall. The, the one that's more like. A, I know. don't know the difference of yeah. any. I'm just like, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, um, and then another time I had to do it on Xena when we did green screen. They put you in like a oh, unitard with right. ping pong balls everywhere right. so that they can do the, the, the. Yeah. And then my go to was like Catwoman at Chris at Halloween. Oh, yeah, of course. So black unitard. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's so hot. <laughs> Shower or bathtub? Bathtub. Ice cream or chocolate? 
talk. On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at ping pong? I'm a five. What is your biggest pet peeve? Chewing carrots loud, open mouth. <laughs> oh, ah. You didn't hesitate for a second. <laughs> you knew exactly. Okay, let's see. If you could push a button and it would make everyone in the world 7% happier, but it would also place a worldwide ban on all hairstyling products, would you push it? Oh, absolutely. If you, let's see. No, we're going to skip those. Superpower choice, invisibility or ability to fly? Ability to fly. Which you kind of have already done. Oh, right, see? <laughs> so I've got some taste. experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, would you rather have a penis on your tailbone, where your tailbone is, or a third eye? Now, I'm going to clarify. It's a working, functional, fully functional penis. Right. And it's an actual third eye. That people can see. Yes. But I could wear a hat. <laughs> I'm going with the eye. <laughs> eye for 50. <laughs> I don't want a dick on my back. <laughs> There's a dick on my back. How does the <laughs> unitard work with the dick on the back? <laughs> You'd have to wear a sports cup on the back. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of your first pet? Whiskers, the bird that I was too afraid to let out of the cage. Oh, Whiskers, no idea why. What was the name of the street you grew up on? Oh, is this my porn name? Yes. Oh, excellent. Uh, Glen Lake, Whiskers Glen Lake. Ooh, Whiskers Glen Lake. But it sounds like someone who doesn't wax, right? This <laughs> <laughs> like those fetish, it's Whiskers Glen Lake. Her With bush goes down bush. to her knees. <laughs> you know, some dudes are into it. Maybe no, or my lesbian xenophans, they are not a fan of the wax. <laughs> Who's not a fan of the wax? Well, the, most of the community of fans um, who I love so dearly are, are gay women. Mm -hmm. And I know that, yeah, they, they uh, yeah, I've heard that waxing is sort of. It's not, not sexy. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Like, oh, natural. Yeah. Although my kids, when I was rocking that look for a minute, <laughs> would be like, Commented they on would it, like, see me in a bathing suit and they'd be like, oh, spiders. <laughs> spiders coming out of your bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my mom God. can fly and she's got spiders coming out of her bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> claire you are a delight this oh, has been you. so much fun thank, thank you, you so much for being much. on the show <laughs> thanks so much for listening guys i really hope you enjoyed my conversation with claire uh next week on the show we have kitchen healer woodboard love creator and author Jules Blaine Davis. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Please tune in then. Please go online and sign up for our newsletter at milfpodcast.com. Just so excited about this community of moms and women that's growing and supporting each other. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Mm -hmm.